I'm Yasi Salek, and I'm the host of Bandsplain, a show where we explain cult bands and iconic artists by going deep into their histories and discographies. We're back with a brand new season at our brand new home, the Ringer Podcast Network, tackling a whole new batch of artists, from grunge gods to power pop pioneers to new metal legends, and many, many more. Listen to new episodes every Thursday, only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. What's up, everybody? This is Tyson, one of your hosts, maybe the uh, number two on the host uh, category list here, second only to Riley McAtee. And we are back with another installment of The Pod Has Spoken, and it's episode four, season 43 of Survivor. I'm the same age as Survivor. I actually, <laughs> that's that's the first time I've ever even made that connection. And you just heard her laugh. If you don't recognize the laugh, I will introduce our guest today, one of the all-time greats from Survivor, my tribe mate and cast mate on season 20, Jerry Manthe, everybody. Jerry, how are you? Hey, woohoo. I'm great. I'm great. Are you? you look great. <laughs> well, what thank have you. Been you. Up to? Um, Napa Valley is treating me really well. Um, gosh, I've been doing <laughs> doing so many things. Let's hear them. Uh, well, um, I have my own podcast. I've been doing that now off and on for the last year, but I've just recently gotten back into it. I gave it a new name. You guys can check me out at Lessons from a Floating Unicorn by Jerry okay. Mante. I've heard that usually with podcasts, you want to start and then stop as many times as possible. Just keep it inconsistent is the key. <laughs> You know, I'm just kind of going with the flow. I've had the learning curve, of course, of learning all the technical aspects of having a podcast. But also, um, at one point, I was really focused on having guests every week. And uh-huh. then that became technically difficult. And then I just said, screw it. I'm just going to do it myself. I don't have any problem expressing myself for talking um, all alone. <laughs> so you're saying that Riley and I can kick our feet up and and take the day off? Sure, you guys can just sit back and relax. Okay. <laughs> well, I have not formally introduced my always co-host, Riley McAtee, who is with The Ringer, always covering the NFL and a Survivor super fan. Riley, on a scale of one to 10, how nervous are you going to be around Jerry today knowing that she is one of the all-time greats of Survivor? Well, she just offered to do the pod for us. So I'm feeling great. Okay. <laughs> we got it easy. <laughs> we sure do. Oh, Tyson, that's a huge compliment coming from you. <laughs> I was just a baby when we met in the Survivor landscape, Jerry. I hadn't reached my full potential yet. I don't feel like I have either. <laughs> oh, you heard it here first. You're ready to play one of those 26-day games now? The modern Survivor? 
You know what? The crazy thing is that like I sat down and binge watched all four episodes before this moment right now. Um, and I'm, I'm amazed we're in season 43 and it mm-hmm. is still so intriguing. Like I find myself, my heart rate racing and like I'm getting emotionally involved in it. And I, you know, at this point you would think Meh, season 43, whatever, but it's this season I'm, I'm already really enjoying. Uh, I absolutely, I can't wait for next week. <laughs> yeah, I can't either. But Jerry, and you can be honest with us here. Have you been watching every season all the way through, like up to this moment, or have you taken some breaks? What's going on? After the All-Stars season eight, I took a break for sure because I had serious PTSD. That was a really rough season for me and for a lot of us. But then I started watching again with the All-Winner Survivor. Yeah. And then I was like, um, I think I might be done again. But the curiosity got the best of me. Well, and you didn't chat with me. Yeah. Well, I mean, plus they kept talking about all these new twists and turns and all these things that were going to change. And I was curious because, I mean, at this point, we've seen the same thing over and over again. And then there was the hidden immunity idols and blah, blah, blah. That, that, that kind of got old. You know, you find one, it's yours. Now, holy crap. I mean, it's not if you find it, but it's like a beware. And then you've got to like do things to make it active that I... I think are really, really smart. Do you like it? I do. I actually really do. And I think this one is my favorite now since the newer 26-day gameplay. Okay. Uh, I like the people that are on it um, a lot. Um, I'm still trying to remember their names at this point, but I love Carla. I want Carla to win. Carla's my favorite too. Yeah. Riley picked her from the get-go to win the whole thing. Yeah. Well, Riley, you and I are on the same page because I I think she's going to go all the way. She's amazing. I picked Lindsay. Rough. (laughs) I don't know who I picked. I forgot. (laughs) I can't can't believe they voted her off. I couldn't believe that. Like, I was very shocked by that. I've been voted off in that exact way multiple times where you just get the wheel spinning too much and then can't back off. Yeah, I remember. (laughs) (laughs) But I I, I see you call you kind of voted yourself off of Harrison. I've done that before. I'm guilty. Uh, Well, let's get into the episode. Show no mercy. And uh, I like that. That's a very true to Survivor. And we start off with uh, visiting Vessi right after they had to vote off last week's uh, Eliminated. And back at camp in the night, they still don't have fire. We're like nine, ten days in right now. No fire. They haven't been able to make fire on their own. What are they living off of? They've got so much fruit there. Give me a break. Nobody's even hungry. Like That's the thing about this Fiji location is there's just so... Much fruit. I mean, how many papayas and coconuts? And I, I haven't heard anybody go, oh my God, I can hear my insides eating themselves. Like, I mean, Gabler on day day two and a half was like that, but everybody else is That was more fine. of a Gabler thing, I think. Yeah, <laughs> than a food thing. <laughs> it's hard to watch someone in their 50s complaining about being in their 50s uh, because I'm in my fifties and I'm like, stop blaming it on your fifties. Like, I don't know what you were doing before you got out there, but I'm going to blame that. Yeah. Uh, heart valve specialist, I think is what he said. And he's under a lot of stress already. That's yeah. not good for your, 
your health. Or your heart, ironically. Right. (laughs) Usually you're saying they're eating a lot of fruit. I've been to Fiji. I haven't been to all the locations of Fiji. There was not a lot of food where I was at in Fiji. But it does look like, I mean, they won some fruit rewards, some of the other tribes, and some of the tribes seem like they're eating. But Vessi has continually been losing. It seems like they're just mostly eating coconuts to me. But coconuts, you can you can live a long time off of just coconuts. It's the world's most perfect food. They're, and they're so good. I wonder if they're toasting them because that is by far the best way to eat a coconut. I yeah. still crave that. You get a coconut, cut it up into pieces, toast it in a cast iron, sprinkle some salt and lime juice on it. Okay. Uh, what I wouldn't give for one of those right now. Yeah. Follow Jerry Manthe for more recipes. <laughs> oh, I'm also a chef. I don't know if I told you I've been up to that too. I've been- you haven't. You haven't. Like a an accredi- Michelin star accredited chef? Oh, sure. No, I'm a <laughs> private chef. I cook for people. Oh, nice. Yeah, but I will say I do not buy coconuts because they are, you know, they're so hard to crack open. It's like you get a whole coconut at home and cracking one open and getting the insides of it out. is like just like your whole kitchen is sprayed with coconut pieces. Yeah, you need hammers, machetes, nails, anything, and you don't have any of the right tools. At Vessi, we just see like Noel thanking everybody and Cody kind of like, oh, no, this is so hard. That's like they're getting into the game now where they're voting people off that they really care about. And I think the first time you cross that threshold, it becomes super easy. Like the first one stings when you're like, I really like this person, but they got to go. And then after that, you're like, okay, everybody's got to go. Cody is an interesting character. I keep going back and forth between like, I really like him. And then I'm like, if he was the woman, could he get away with that same kind of behavior? I don't really know if he could. <laughs> but the whole salesman thing, like him lying about not being a salesman and then making everyone focus on... Uh, Voting on the salesperson. Jewel, what was her name? She's gone now. Uh, Riley was the first one that they voted out. Uh, yeah, what was her seen. name Justine, Justine. The sales. she was a salesperson. Yeah. Yeah. And how he turned everyone against her because she was a salesperson knowing that he was one. And I, yeah. here's what I want to know. What is an elevator salesman? Like <laughs> so they come to your house, they come elevators? to your house. Yeah. It's like <laughs> to Jerry, you looking, these stairs? taking these stairs up to your bedroom. We've got a deal for you. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Cause it seems like if you need an elevator, then you're going to buy an elevator. That's you just kind of know, right? You're like, this building is five stories. <laughs> yeah, this, climb this this needs every time. an elevator. Yeah. Uh, and if you built yourself a house, you more than likely already know if you need an elevator when yeah. you're making, drawing up the plans. So I'm. To- so this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking there's competing elevator companies And he's like going in and being like, whatever they offered you, here's a coupon to match that price and free maintenance for a year. He's just like such a great salesman. He's going to buildings that are two stories tall. And he's like, here, I got the thing for you. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to have to dive deeper into that because I'm very curious about this elevator salesman. Much like phones don't come with headphone jacks anymore. Buildings are going to come completely devoid of stairs, only having elevators. and. Cody's going to lead the charge there. <laughs> that sounds like a bad idea in a fire situation. Yeah, I was about to say that's a safety hazard. No, there'll also be escalators. Uh, well, doesn't he es- also sell those? He probably should. Yeah, I think they're probably under the same umbrella. We got to figure out a way to talk to him ASAP. 
<laughs> I bet we could. I bet it wouldn't be that hard. We go to Baca, which is my favorite tribe right now in the moment, because we've got Gabler early, early in the morning. Let's say, Jerry, you're early in the morning, heroes, villains. We just had a rainstorm. We barely got any sleep. We're all just starting to fall asleep at the crack of dawn. And Gabler starts laying palm fronds over you as you sleep. You, you like that move? I'd punch him in the nuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you would. I was like, even before the conversation or anything happened, I was like, Gabler, what are you doing? He's like trying to win friends by invading their most personal of spaces, which is like waking up and having him be right there. Yeah. It's like um, dealing with Rupert chopping firewood at four o'clock in the morning when yeah. we're all just finally going to sleep. Yeah, Yule was pulling stuff like that too on like the edge of extinction. We'd just hear him out there like chopping coconuts at like two in the morning. Not everyone has good spatial awareness. This is something I'm learning in life as well. It's true, right? It's, it's crazy because if you have great spatial awareness... You feel like everybody should get it. It's such common sense. But here we're seeing Gabler full display, totally unaware, just laying these noisy pomfronts, which aren't even comfortable or cozy or warming. None of that. They're itchy. So common sense, not so common, right? Yeah, it's weird. And we get Ellie and Sammy talking about the whole team dynamic, getting under people's skin. And to me, honestly, playing four times, that's one of the most important aspects of this game is being self-aware enough all the way around to not get under people's skin. Like you have to go in there being like, whatever pet peeve I could possibly imagine someone could have, I have to not do that. Right. And I have to keep my mouth shut when people irritate the crap out of me. Yes. It took me three seasons to figure that one out myself. <laughs> so you're saying season number four is the season? <laughs> They better hurry up because at some point I'm not going to be able to do all that physical stuff. <laughs> I mean, we've seen some of these people. You'll you'll be fine. Survivor, senior citizens edition. <laughs> no, you'll be fine as long as you don't pull, pull a Gabler where like a day and a half and you're like, I just have to lay down all day long for a couple days. It was really annoying to me how condescending they were being towards him just because he was in his 50s. I was like, yeah. you just wait till you're in your 50s. Then you're going to realize that's really not that old. It's not. Tyson, honestly, the reason why I thought you had me on this episode specifically is because the whole rifling through the bag situation that occurred. No, but <laughs> please touch on that. Gabler is very bothered by that. And he should be. I understand that. But, you know, I just wanted to go on record and say, I never did that. That was Tina Wesson that went through Kel's bag, not me. Okay. Uh, but I've gotten blamed for it multiple times. And... Yes, it is. I mean, in, in this case specifically, I think it was a a little inappropriate. You know, I know when who's, we did it. Who's blaming you? Um, it's happened all over the internet. I've gotten blamed the for The internet's blaming since, you. Since 2000. Like, Jerry went through Kel's bag. I'm like, it wasn't me. It wasn't yeah. me. But I was the one who saw him eating beef jerky. So you think going through bags is inappropriate. Don't go through people's bags. Well, I think in this case, they could have just asked him. Like, hey, what, how, what, how did that thing work? Like, they all knew about it. So what was the big deal about just asking? Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, part of the game is being able to go through people's bags. So you can, I think, sure, you can utilize that. But also, it's like, if somebody's smart, they could set you up for something by opening people's bags, too. 
it definitely rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. If somebody went through my bag, no matter what, even on the game, I'd be like, okay, you're not with me. Yeah. I'd be like, all right, we, we need to have a serious talk and you're probably out of here soon. Well, remember <laughs> when we... you just not have the advantage in the bag in the first place? That's correct. Like, I would just kind of assume that you have no personal space when you're out on Survivor. Yeah. And though, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm going to go hide this under a rock somewhere. That yes, no 100%. <laughs> That's exactly what he should have done. Yeah, I think anything like that, you should probably bury somewhere. <laughs> yep, that's correct. I've buried stuff. But then you worry about it all day long. You're like, oh, no, I hope that's still there. Oh, did the water come up too high? Did the storm wash it away? You're checking on it constantly. So if you know somebody has something, just follow them around for a while. They'll, they'll check on it. Uh, I don't think we've ever seen someone just straight up lose an advantage before. I think somebody got close. I remember a sequence where somebody was like, I can't find it. I can't find it. Where'd I put it? I can't find it. Last season, it was, uh, what was his name? Like Daniel, it was Strunk or whatever. He he like lost it for a, a few minutes there and then he found it. Yeah. yeah, that was hilarious. Yeah, it is. And that when you worry about that, you're like, oh, and you like check your bearings a bunch of times. It's It's just one of the stresses of playing Survivor. I am happy that we got a reward challenge and an immunity challenge this episode. Let's go to the reward challenge. And it's pretty cool challenge. I don't think we've seen this before. We've seen aspects of it, but like walking on blocks, that's pretty cool. I like that aspect. And I remember on Heroes versus Villains, we did this blindfold challenge as a tribe. And I immediately offered to sit out because I hate blindfold challenges. But here at a reward challenge, Jerry, what are your thoughts on sitting out versus competing? If it's appropriate for you to sit out, you probably should. I mean, I, it's good to know your strengths and weaknesses. And plus nowadays, if you sit out, there might be something hidden under the bench you're sitting on. So, you know, take it with what you got. But I don't think, I don't think you should be sitting out every single time. That's, you know, no, not cool. Oh, are you firing shots at Sandra? Is that what you're doing here? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> We all love Sandra. Yeah. She, she admits it before anybody else. She's like, I I would never win. That's why I sat out all the time. But yeah, yeah that was, you know. <laughs> I think in this situation, it's a reward challenge. I'm sitting out. If they're kind of like confused about who's going to sit out, reward is like, whatever. It's fine. Sometimes it comes with, uh, it's not as detrimental if you lose and also, like, on this one where you're going to have to steal something, like, I kind of don't want to be responsible for stealing. I want somebody's stuff, but I don't want to be the one that steals it from them. Yeah, I've had that on uh, a season before, and it was. It was uncomfortable, and they came to our tribe to steal something. And I remember, in my mind, being very agitated with these guys. But the reward challenge, we get one winner, that's it, and they get bunch of fruit or a bunch of fish. And all I can think of is that Vessi better not win because they don't have fire. How are they going to cook these fish? And they do win. They can't cook the fish. And Jeff tells them that they can switch the reward for any previous reward because that's the rules. Have you ever heard that rule before? No, no. I was shocked, surprised, and I, yeah. Like the way he said it, it was like, oh, that was always a thing? What? No, that's not always a thing. Yeah. That's got to only be for the tribes too. Like you can't, 
on the individual ones, especially, there's no way they're, you're going to be able to go back and be like, actually, I want the helicopter ride to the, the cool massage place or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what, or even back to different seasons and be like, I need Cochran on the yacht yeah. right yeah. now. Actually, Jeff, can I get the loved one ones visit? Can yeah. you fly, fly them <laughs> yeah. back out here? Get them back out here. I didn't get enough time with them. <laughs> You're right. He did. He said it so matter of factly, like it, it's always been a thing. I, yeah. I was very confused too. I was like, wait, hold on. I'm like, and I just binge watched all the episodes because I'm like thinking back, like, what what did somebody get that would be worth getting in the future? I don't know. But yeah. I mean that that bowl of fruit they showed looked to me like it was half rotten. <laughs> It doesn't matter if it's half, if it's overripe, you're eating that stuff as long as it tastes okay. There's nothing better than fish on a stick. Oh my gosh. I still I to know. this day cannot eat fish. I just can't eat it the same way. I don't enjoy it as much as I did on Survivor. That was the best way I've ever had fish. Can you just describe it more in detail then? Because I don't know if we've had the same fish before. Oh, so you take the fish, you uh-huh. slice it open, you get the guts out. Sure. Then you basically just put the whole thing on a stick and then Uh you put it over the fire. So then the skin, oh, you got to scale it. You got to scale the skin too. That way the skin gets crispy and all the Mm. fish uh, meat is nice and tender and you can eat, you can just suck every single bone completely clean. It was delicious, like super fresh fish. You cannot get that anywhere. Here's going one step further with the bones. You all showed us this on Winners at War. You throw the bones like in the fire somewhere close to the fire and they themselves get crispy enough that you can crunch them and swallow them down and they have flavor to them too. What? Yeah. Well, damn, all those years. You wasted all those nutrients. <laughs> you seem I'm sure to... it's really good for your skin and your nails. Oh my gosh, <laughs> we were popping. Yeah, it was good. I want to go, so we, we see Vessi, we talked about them winning. There's this one moment as Dwight is throwing the winning beanbag and the music is building to it. And you know, five, 10 seconds before that bag lands that he's winning this right in that moment. And that's something that we see all the time. Do you like that buildup? Because this is the first time that I really was like, do we need that buildup to tell us that he's going to win five seconds before he wins every time? It was very dramatic and very obvious. I, there's been a couple of editing things I've noticed this season that were a little bit off to me. Mm-hmm. Um, like what? The other one was, uh, it was tribal council where Cody went in and we didn't know if he got, well, we thought he didn't get all of the beads yeah. to make himself an immunity idol. And then there we are at tribal council and there were, we didn't think he had it. And then somehow he just like under, they kind of flashbacked for a moment, but I still wasn't clear. Like I, and then the next episode, I think it was the beginning of this episode. They kind of went over that again, just to reify that he did have all the necklaces. But I was like that, that was bad editing. I I was very confused. And I, I don't know that the music thing also was just like, it was really over the top loud and dramatic for strange reasons. Yeah. Well, and with Cody's thing there too, it's like, why are you keeping me, the audience in the dark here? Like I, the pleasure of watching the show is knowing from all angles what's happening. So then you can see how people react with them not knowing what's happening. Right. So that was a little odd. I've never seen that, that editing process before. Yeah. They swindled us. 
<laughs> they tried. They tried. <laughs> I saw it too, and I was like, uh, and then they did the flashback. I was like, that was unfair. That wasn't, yeah. Cheap shot. Cheap shot. So cheap. We trusted you. We trusted you to give us all the information, and you didn't. So now we can never trust you again. We go to Vessi right after, and they're going back and forth, like, what tribe? Because they get to steal something. Not only do they get these this fruit, is which is what they chose, they get to talk about whose camp they're going to raid and come up with a decision. And Cody and Dwight are both like, oh, you should send me. Dwight's like, I'll be more diplomatic and I'll make sure nobody's really mad at us. And Cody's like, so will I. What, you don't trust me? I'll do it too. <laughs> they're going back and forth about which tribe, which one tribe has won everything. One tribe has a ton of stuff. And then the other tribe, not as much stuff. It's And they're going back and forth on which tribe to choose and why. If you're here on Vessi, Jerry, what are you looking for? Like, you have to make a move. What move are you making? I would have gone where there was more stuff. I mean, I know I, I know they went after them because they're Coco because they had six people and they hadn't lost yet. Or, but you make six enemies, right? Especially when you're targeting like that. And especially later on in this episode at the immunity challenge, when they're those the two losing tribes are working against Coco openly. That made no sense to me. No sense. But uh, there was a lot of bad moves this episode, honestly. There was yeah. a lot of devious behavior, whereas previous, the first two epi- or three episodes were very kumbaya and everybody was so great and they're getting along and they're one big family. And this yeah. episode, it was like some dirty deeds went down. I mean, this is my move. I go to the tribe that has a bunch of fishing gear. And I say, hey, I'm here. I'm supposed to take all of your fishing gear. That's what my tribe wanted me to do. I'm going to take half of it. So I'll leave you with one set of fishing gear. I'll take the other set of fishing gear. That hopefully is enough for you. It helps us. We'll see you at the merge. I think Cody might have burned himself a little bit. He was... <laughs> <laughs> he was showing off his salesmanship. Yeah. Yeah. And Carlo saw right through it. She's like, I think we just got swindled. Yeah. And there's nothing worse than feeling like you've been taken advantage of, like you just feel violated in so many ways, especially out there where, you know, you're just trying to survive. I think he really screwed up and I think it's going to bite him in the butt. I I think so too, because what's going to happen is, so he went, he was going to take the machete. And they begged him not to, so they promised him all this food. Then they gave him the fishing gear, uh, plus some food. So he got way more than he even planned on getting. And he thinks he's so smart as he's leaving. But essentially what he's doing is they're going to get to the merge, and somebody's going to fact check that and be like, so your tribe wanted the machete? Mm -hmm. And they're going to be like, no, only Cody wanted the machete. And they're going to be like, oh, that's strange. And then you told him like plan B was to take all the fishing gear and food. And they're like, no, we told him to take some of some. And you're like, okay. Is it like, there's no, like anything that you do in Survivor that can be fact-checked and proven by other people is something you should not do. No, definitely not. Bessie has a machete, right? Like yeah. They, like, they just wanted they to cripple the tribe by taking their machete. That'd be such a stupid move. It's like if, if Cody showed up on my beach and he's like, I want your machete, I'd be like, Okay, so you're just going to do a move that makes a ton of enemies. Like, we're all going to hate you now. And it's not even going to help your tribe. I would, like, call the bluff. Well, he blamed it on his tribe wanting to do that as a death blow. 
And then he said, but I don't want to do that. But like, I need something because the tribe's expecting that death blow. Did he say death blow? No, that's what I said. (laughs) I just wanted to make sure I didn't miss something else. (laughs) No, that's what I said. I came up with a better term for whatever Cody said out there. No matter how hard they try, they can't get a Tyson 2.0 out there. There's no such thing as another Tyson. That's right. That, that'd you, be like Jerry. another Jerry. It's just yes. impossible. It's yeah. not going to happen. We're one of a kind. Exactly. <laughs> I thought it was really weird. And I liked how Cody thought he was so suave leaving. And then their entire tribe, especially Carla, was like, no, that was not good. And I don't trust that guy at all. Yeah, he totally set himself up for future problems. I like that. I like watching that. I like knowing that that's coming. And uh, I mean, right now, my main hope for every episode until it happens is that Baca, as a tribe, goes to tribal council with Gabler and who's his nemesis there, Ellie, with Gabler and Ellie at each other, because that's been teed up for us last episode. We thought we were maybe going to see it this episode, and it didn't happen again. Uh, So fingers crossed, next episode, we get to see the Ellie versus Gabler come to uh, full bloom. But for now here, we go to the immunity challenge. I like this immunity challenge. It does seem like it's also a little bit different. It's aspects of some stuff, but it's like, uh, we got to push the heavy bags off, grab the key, drag these huge tanagram puzzles, build one puzzle out of the pieces, then drag them all to the top of this platform and build another shape, a triangle. And I like it. I think it's clever, straightforward, uses a lot of different aspects. It gets very, very close as everybody gets through all of it and to the final triangle together. And Vessi wins. It's their first win. They were, you know, they've been losing everything. They win. They're ecstatic. And at this point, I'm like, okay, Baca is losing. Here we go. It's not that I don't like people on Baca. I just got to see him at Tribal Council. I have to see this all come, you know. And then Noelle steps in for Vessi and starts helping Baca with their puzzle to beat Coco. Have you ever seen that before at any other season? I don't remember seeing it anywhere. Like actual. Yes, I have. You have? On Blood versus Water, we had Redemption Island. And it was Vetus, Tina... And Laura Moret, I think. Who did he get out? Was it Laura? No, it wasn't Laura Moret. It was Tina, Vetus, and somebody else. It was one of my favorites. And I was supposed to be on that one. You were? With my sister, but she got pregnant. Ugh, <laughs> kids are ruining everything. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting choice, right? To like help somebody else win. Yeah. Well, in this in this circumstance where Vetus was, so he helped Tina win because he thought she'd be easier to beat in the future than whoever they were up against. So Vetus was showing her how to do it. And then they effectively knocked out the third person competing, which I think is accurate in that in that sense, but it really did make somebody pretty upset. And I think it went like something like that. I may, somebody's going to get on Reddit or somewhere, DM me and tell me that I'm wrong about the season I won. And that's accurate. But that was like 10 years ago. But this is like after the merge you're talking about, right? Like this, like an individual challenge? Yes, it was. It was, in, but it was for, it was to come back into the game that, or oh, to survive okay. at Redemption Island. So it was individual games at Redemption Island to determine who went home and who stayed. See, that's way more like, 
like the people helping have like a direct line yes. to the the competition that's happening and it has like a direct impact. Yes. In this case, it's like, why does Vessi care which tribe goes to tribal council? And why do they want to hurt the tribe that they just stole from too? It's like, hey, Even you know more. what? These six people don't hate us enough. Yeah. I guess maybe, hey, then you get one of them voted out, but yeah. now you're going to have five we, people who really, really hate you. We gut punched them. Now as they're turning to walk away, let's punch them in the back of the head too. Like it's, Maybe this is the death blow. This is the yeah, true death blow. Yeah, this is the death death blow. blow right here. <laughs> Well, I even started like counting heads. I was like, okay, so let's just imagine now that Vessi and Baca team up against Coco. And what what do the numbers look like? They have the majority. So yeah. maybe that's the overall plan, but that's risky. I mean, that, so much can happen. There's so many people who are ready to jump ship on Yes, there. that's the first thing I thought. I thought mathematically, sure. But you have the Ellie Gabler feud. You have... Like Sammy in there somewhere, not knowing which way to go. You have uh, Vessi with Noel kind of like on the outs, but feeling like she's now included. Like there's so many cracks everywhere that I don't think you can afford to do this in any Survivor season to ever draw a line like that so definite so early. It's crazy. Now, Ellie's, is she the one that they keep showing with her eyes like this big? Yeah. Like, I don't know if that's (laughs) why she looks... All the time, but every time they cut to her, her eyes are just like massive and she looks like she's about ready to crack. <laughs> yeah. I like, I, I like, I like Ellie. I like Ellie. I've, I've liked her uh, confessionals and I love that uh, Gabler versus Ellie uh, thing that's going. And part of me, like, yeah, I do want to see it come to fruition, but I also like to see it every episode. So I'm like, as long as they're showing us, Ellie versus Gabler every episode, I'm fine with the showdown coming after the merge. But if this all of a sudden evaporates into nothing, I'm going to be furious. No, they're setting setting something up. Something's going to happen. Yeah, it better. And it better be good. I think going through the bag thing is really what pushed Gabler over the top. Those 50-year-olds in their bags. (laughs) Hey! I just the whole 50 I every time someone turns this into like an age thing I get very irritated yeah I've found every time I've played it's the older people who play better because they have more patience well I just came off of the challenge I don't know if you followed that at all but I was pretty nervous as the older and scrawnier dude and then I just spanked those kids dude it was just like non-stop just like here i go again i'm gonna just own everybody you're welcome uh next but i was nervous going in because i was like i don't work out as much as i used to i'm not as fit as i used to be what do you mean you a- pick a ball that's like that that's is all i do serious yeah, i mean, do it a couple pulled, times a week yeah i pulled several muscles playing pickleball you gotta to stretch first you gotta stretch first jerry I know. I heard that. <laughs> I'm too impatient because it's so I know. fun. It's I know. So you just want to get to play. it. Yeah. But yeah, Stretch at your house. Achilles. Achilles heels are the most common injury in pickleball. My hamstrings get tight if I don't stretch them. Uh, so yeah, I just have to stretch more when I'm out playing the challenge or survivor or whatever it is. And then I'm good to go. So Jeff, do you like this thing? Because I don't remember, Jerry, maybe I'm just not remembering. But after you lose a challenge, did Jeff always talk to the losing tribe like right there? Like he's talking to Coco and he's like, what did you think about, uh, what did you think about Vessi helping Baca? 
and how what's going on. I've never seen that before either. Yeah, it's usually so that's like, a new okay, thing. you win, you lose. All right, see you guys later. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing for you. See you at tribal council type of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I, but you know, he loves instigating now. Like he really just immerses himself in stories and draws things out of people. I mean, he's always been really good at it, but I, you know, I've noticed yeah. over the last couple of seasons, it's been pretty excessive, but he's also more ready to give compliments and encouragement. Like I've never seen before. Like that's, that's the, the new with, era. Yeah. This new era, they're making the players human beings mm-hmm. as opposed to pawns or characters. So you're the perfect person to comment on this. What, what do you think of that? Do you like that? Are they protecting the image of these of these people that aren't ready for the firestorm that's going to happen on social media? Is that like, no, but honestly, like, because I'm thinking that same thing. I'm looking at it. I'm like, where's the villain? Who's the person I hate here? There isn't that person. And also, like, I've dealt with blowback from being a villain as well. And it does kind of suck and it does, it like bothers you. But at the same time, like you, I develop a thick skin from it. I understand like it's TV. Those people don't know me. What do I care? But that's the, like the mentality you have to go through something to get to that point where you're finally strong enough to just be like, I don't care what these guys say, but now it seems like the network or the show is aware of that to a certain degree and maybe not throwing people under the bus as hard. They're definitely not. Um, I'm actually, enjoying the new era. And I wish that there had been more of that back in my time because obviously season two, I was totally villainized and turned into somebody. People treated me like I had no feelings and I wasn't a human being, which is why I stood up at the finale of the All-Stars and I tried to make that point. I was like pleading with the public, like, please, we're human beings. Like there's a cost here to us as humans and I got booed off stage. And so now it's this, just that's the accepted way of dealing with survivors. Like everyone's treated like a human. You get to see their backstories. You get to hear all these things about them that make them very, you know, people feel empathetic towards them. I, I'm i enjoying it. I mean, it's definitely, I think in this day and age, the more appropriate way of doing a reality show. I just... I just wish there would have been more of it back in my day. Cause it, you know, yeah, you, you have no idea like how bad things got for me after season two. It was very difficult to continually on a daily basis, turn the negativity into some growth experience or something positive. But I, I did the best I could. I think I'm, I'm not in the fetal position now. I've figured out like, over time, how to take the good and the bad and make it work in my favor. But I just, I do when I watch the seasons now, I'm like, man, I just wish they would have done more of that for us because we're multi-level people with all different sorts of interests and hobbies and challenges. And I think every human being has gone through some rough period in their life. And that's what makes them interesting. Well, I would say, especially people who are selected to be on reality TV, they're very multifaceted. They have so many different backgrounds and and life stories. And yeah, I think you're 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 exactly right there. And it's brave. It is a very brave thing to put yourself out there. Like it is, it's scary for a lot of people. And I think that's part of why a lot of people don't apply for these shows because there's that fear of being vulnerable and also 
you know, having to be transparent and your, your, all your life experiences, maybe you don't want to talk about coming up. Like there's a lot of bravery in opening yourself up like that. And, and, you know, even still, like when I do my podcast after I push publish, I sit back and I sometimes have a little bit of anxiety. Like, okay, if, am I, did I say something that might, you know, cause somebody to get upset with me? Like, and I go through a little bit of that and then I'm like, you know what? I'm good. As long as what I'm saying is true to who I am and how I really feel, then I'm okay with it. But yeah, it's, it's very brave to put yourself on a reality show. So I have respect for everyone who decides to play. And I think some of these stories are great. Oh my gosh, there's so many background stories for people that I hope that I hope it propels them to the next level of whatever it is they're trying to achieve. Um, I'm trying to think what was the woman she got voted off? She was Nigerian. And yes. she's helping, she's yeah. helping the mission out there. I mean, it gave me goosebumps. Like, yeah. I hope that this show in some way now is going to bring attention to what her cause is and maybe more money can be raised and something really great can be done with that. Like, there is there is an opportunity. So I hope. And I agree too. Like, I know that uh, even going through the season of The Challenge, for me, it was fine. Like, it's the Tyson show. You either love me or hate me. I get that. Uh, but I'd rather have one of the extremes because if you hate me, you're going to avoid me or like say something mean and be done. And if you love me, then like you get it. And for me, like, yeah, that's how I deal with it. But like, there's people on there that have never really been in that same role. And especially someone who goes on as a hero the first season and then comes back and is a villain. That's even rougher almost than, you know, like, Colby on Heroes versus Villains. I mean, he he thought he was God's gift to everybody. And then he goes on Heroes versus Villains, can't do a challenge for anything, yells at his brother on national TV, and then, and then just pouts most of the time. And you're, and you're like, okay, <laughs> like that's rough. That's and you can see it at the finale. Colby was still pouting. He was still pouting. He was just like, meh, but guess what? If he would have looked like Superman again, even if he wouldn't have won, he would have been so happy and smiley at that finale. You got to see the other sides of him that I knew were there. And no one wanted to see it. They wanted to see me as the villain and him as the hero. And it was just black and white. And it was very frustrating for me because I kept saying if I was a man, I don't think I would have been a villain my first season. I was the one cooking and getting food and doing all the stuff. And so then why was I the villain? Cause I am a man. (laughs) Um, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I was a little sneaky. I was a little sneaky, a little arrogant. You said it. Yeah. (laughs) You were (laughs) sneaky. You were very hard to trust. I knew that. I knew that I couldn't trust you, but on heroes and villains, that was such a, you know, with Rob and that whole situation, like, I mean, we could dig really deep into that whole That's scenario. Podcast, yeah. It is. Yeah. All you guys that were on Rob's little alliance, I knew I couldn't trust you guys. It was I wanted little, to. It was my little alliance. <laughs> Come on, Jerry. It was my little alliance. I brought the two sides together. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's funny how differently you can see how things happen out there based on who you are.
This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. So we go back to Coco after they lose. I mean, let's go back to Jeff talking to Coco tribe first. And Lindsay immediately is like, come merge. I have people I'm gunning for. Like this, that wasn't cool. And we see like, They've showed us who they are. And that's like the spot you don't want to be in on Survivor is showing people like that you are against them. And that is, is what happened with, I would say mostly Vessi is going to be in trouble here. And there are only four people right now. Like Baca cannot be like, you know, on Survivor, thanks for the help, but it doesn't necessarily curry you any favor. Like you could help me all day long thinking that you're, like, I owe you a favor. I don't owe you any favors. This is Survivor. And if I need to do what needs to be done, like, maybe there's a sliver of gratitude there that I can try to repay, but most often not. That's why you're a villain. <laughs> so you're saying that if you're on Baca, Vessi helps you win that challenge. You're now at the merge, going to do what you can for the four people at Vessi. Um, I might be more prone to listening much to prone? what they have to offer. Yeah, give us a percentage here. Um, maybe 20% more than I would have if they hadn't done that. Okay. But, but there is that 20%. Sure. And I'm like I, 5%. <laughs> I'd be like, what was your motivation there? What do you want? What do you want from me in return? I'm just curious. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, prove yourself one more time and then we'll we got something going. What you uh, got? What's your plan? Yeah. <laughs> so, it's okay. Like, is, it, is it like 20% or 5%, but also like for how long? Like one vote and then it's just <laughs> a scramble? Because it's not like it's going to be okay. Uh, you know, we're going to have Vessi and Baca team up against Coco and just pick them off one by one. Like, it's been years since we had that type of merge. Yeah. Tw- 23 years. Uh, I think for me, that little 5% is just giving them 5% more benefit of the doubt when it comes to formulating a plan with them or an alliance where they are integral to it. So it's like, you know, you did me a little bit of a solid, maybe I, I'm going to let them think I owe them and that I believe that I owe them. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I really feel like I need to. And I think on Survivor, you don't. That's why this game, you have to play minute by minute. You can't have long-term plans that you stick to. That's I think people learn that the hard way sometimes. Where they feel like obligated to that one person that they first approached. And then they realize that that might not have been the best choice. I mean, we saw that happen on this season too. And that's the thing. Like It happens all the time. And you see somebody... I'm with you, ride or die, no matter what. That plan changes, and that's going to change. And that's like the nature of the game of Survivor is like sometimes like the bed you made is not the bed you then want to sleep in, and you got to jump ship. And if it's not you, then you're going to go down with it. We go to Coco, and I like this episode because we don't need to see the other tribes anymore at this point. We're just going to go see Coco for a little bit. And it looks like it's going to be the classic Geo versus Cassidy 
no other names are going to be out there. Uh, the boys, it's like the all boys and all girls group. We got Ryan, James, and Gio gunning for Cassidy with Gio thinking he's the mastermind. And there were so many missteps by Gio from this point in the episode all the way through tribal council. Like the second he was like, I feel like I'm the one calling the shots. Bro, Nil did he actually coffin. say that? Yes. Did he really say Oh yes. my God, I didn't yeah, catch that. Shots. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow, that's stupid. They showed him going around telling Cassidy to everybody and then him saying, I'm calling the shots, which... Oh, yeah, I saw yeah. that. I thought you meant he said it at tribal council. No, no, not at tribal council. This, <laughs> okay. is, this is him to the camera. But he may as well have said it at tribal council. Like he said so many weird things at tribal council that you're just like, Gio, you got to be quiet. You got to show more humility. You can't be so certain of what's happening because that's going to rub people the wrong way and you're going to be gone. But... Yeah, and Carla called him yeah, on that. Yeah. I, I love I love her. I do like Carla a lot too. And she's like honestly was probably the smartest one of the tribe here in Coco moving forward. Uh Lindsay just starts to spiral out of control. Oh, that was hard to watch. That's always hard to watch when somebody gets uber paranoid and completely blows up their own game. Yeah. Um I've I mean, had I that happen to me before. Understand it. I mean, yeah, everybody gets paranoid, but you either handle it with grace or you do what she did, which was anything but. I mean, but, you can't be that paranoid and crazy. Not, especially not with the people who are asking you to trust them. And at that point, they haven't even voted anybody off yet. It's like the perfect opportunity to see where everyone's loyalty lies without mm-hmm. raising a huge fuss. I love that her her like reason for being paranoid was basically that she thinks she's such a huge threat and is so great that obviously people could be targeting her. How could they not? Be? Yeah. So they must be lying. <laughs> I'd be targeting me too. I'm awesome. Yeah, that's true. She did do that. <laughs> her, her and Gio both had kind of similarly misplaced confidence, even if it came out in completely different ways for both yeah, of them. They really did. You cannot get cocky. You can never be that confident. I don't care who you are. But on the flip side, you can't be that paranoid. You can't show that paranoia. You can be that paranoid. You should be that paranoid, but you can't display it. Yes. And that's the problem here is that like at some point with Lindsay, if you're double checking and triple checking and quadruple checking, that becomes an irritant for people. And they're looking at you like you don't trust that, like they don't trust you. And so like, you're just, and I get it. And you see it all the time. It's like the two things, don't overplay and don't be over paranoid. Like you can check up with people throughout the day. And part of me was like, initially when she was like, something's not right. Something doesn't feel right. I was like, she's got like the best read of all time. If she's like, right, that they're coming for her. So at first, initially I was like, oh my gosh, she sees it. This is crazy. Cause they show like a little montage of her standing in the background while people are are scheming. And then they show her conversation with Ryan where Ryan's like, we don't need to talk strategy right now. Let me just finish this papaya first. And she's like, I think we should because they're talking. And he's like, oh, nobody's talking. Let me finish my papaya. And I was like, her (laughs) read is correct. And maybe it was and editing didn't show us that. But then all of a sudden, everything is turned on Lindsay. And Carla and James reel her back in. They're like, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. And she's like, okay, but 
the damage is done. We do see Lindsay go home this episode, but let's get into the tribal council here. All the things that were said and should not have been uh, at tribal council. <laughs> we get Lindsay. She's very first. She's fire. Well, she's not first. Uh, Ryan's first. We'll go back to him in a second. But Lindsay talks about people uh, not talking to her that day, and maybe they'll talk to her now and kind of like sitting there waiting for somebody to raise their hand and be like, Lindsay, I'd like to have a conversation. Uh, nobody responded to that. Did you like that moment where everybody just still sits there kind of twiddling their thumbs? And then uh, was it Ryan? Is it Ryan or Brian? Yes, Ryan. Ryan. Ryan, yeah. He did raise his hand eventually and he she denied him. I, don't, I didn't understand that whole thing, but I just thought it was like very awkward that yeah. she was like being a little bit aggressive. Like, yes. again, that's not the place for that. Yeah. Like if you were a total jerk all day long, now's your chance to at least apologize and give some people some reason not to vote you. I mean, I yeah. knew Cassidy wasn't going because Jeff did not ask her one single question. Well, but tribals sometimes can be so long. I think Jeff has gotten better at masking that to uh, the tribe. Because I mean, that's two hour conversation they could have had there that we see five minutes of. But you think that's not just like an editing thing sometimes that if somebody's sort of safe or irrelevant, Jeff like wouldn't ask them questions. I personally think mostly he masks it now because I've gone into yeah. tribal councils being like, be aware of who he talks to the most and who the, and I like, I can't tell. In a previous era of Survivor, if you went into tribal and Jeff directs like three of the first eight questions at you, you're like, oh, this, this isn't good. Yeah. Well, I think that you can feel when the meat and potatoes of the tribal council is happening. Okay. When when it's really going. And if that's the moment where you need to be like, how involved is Jeff with me in this moment here in these moments? And then it's like, is it enough to freak out? Or should I still like fingers crossed skate through? Am I skating through or what's going on? And so like, that's like always the internal struggle that you have, even if you know you're like on the outs and maybe going home, the last thing you want to do is make it worse and and if it's not even the case, make it a thing. And so like, it's that balance of like, I think it's me, but maybe mm. it's not. And do I want to like, let people know I think it's me? I don't think I do, but I got to do something. But if I do too much, then it is going to be me. And if it is me, what can I do to make it not me? Yeah. There's the paranoia. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what Lindsay was going through. You just drop a big ninja ball in the fire and you poof, disappear. Or you just like rile people up. And then if you can rile somebody else up to then, you know, burn themselves, that's probably your best bet. The tribal councils that have happened so far, there's none, been none of this like, let's get up and have a full-blown discussion yeah, because I, I hate, that. I hate that. I hate that so much. It drives me absolutely nuts. And yeah. that was not acceptable for all the years I played. That was just not an option. If you didn't have your stuff worked out before tribal council, you were screwed. Like figure it out, but not yeah. do it at tribal. So I haven't seen that yet. This season, I'm very happy about that. I wonder if wonder if he has heard all of the feedback. I don't think so. I bet we'll see some standing up. But listen here, Jerry, here's just an idea that you said this just right now. I just had the idea right now. Let's see in the future. Jeff is retired. We have a new host. You go straight to tribal council and just vote. You don't even have a, you have all your conversations at camp. You go, you vote. Then whoever the new host is brings the votes out, reads them, and then has a conversation. Oh, interesting. 
the once the vote is over, I feel like the episode's got to end. Yeah, I mean, the episode ends. Maybe you have a conversation, uh, like a short conversation right after the person leaves. But the thing is, is like if everybody's standing up at tribal council and whispering this way and that, just do that at camp. And then come, like, if you already, like, what's the point of even going back to camp and setting something up if you can just go to tribal council and set something up? Because the later you set something up, the more certain it is that that's what's going to happen. I think that'd be a waste of a really expensive set. (laughs) 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 Did did you see the tribal council this year? Dude, crazy, right? There's like mammoth... Um, bones that they walk <laughs> yeah. through on the stage. Like everybody's had the same reaction when they walk in. They're just like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> is epic. pretty cool. There's yeah. like skulls. It's all menacing and like death is everywhere. Like yeah. it's it's very daunting. <laughs> it is. It is pretty fun. Okay, fine. I retract my idea. We'll come up with something else. Back to the drawing board for me. I mean, that's why we have podcasts, right? So we get the, the person who gets voted off and then they sit and talk. Yeah. I wasn't talking about the person who gets voted off having a conversation. I was talking about the tribe having a quick conversation about why they voted that person off real quick or something like that. But maybe that wouldn't work. Isn't uh, that usually the beginning of the next episode, though? Uh, no, it's mostly damage control. As somebody comes back, they're like, oh, you you left me out of the vote, but like, that was a good, that was a good move. I don't fault you for that move. We're still good. You still like me, don't you? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I did what I had to do. Like, it's not not anything personal. It was just game. Uh, Tribal council, Lindsay, you know, she goes through that whole thing. Ryan's like, I didn't feel like I needed to talk to you. And then Gio like pipes and he's like, as long as the vote isn't on me, I'm happy. I was like, that's too cocky right now, Gio. You're feeling too comfortable. And then Carla jumps in. She's like, you know, you have to fact check. And which is true. And she's trying to, you know, throw a bone to, to Lindsay. And then Lindsay's like, I did too much fact checking. She owns up to it. I was like, oh, maybe she's going to be okay. And then Gio is like, I just want to keep my people calm. Wrong again, Gio. Stop opening your mouth. Like your people, that means that some people aren't your people. And if I'm not your person, it's probably pretty clear. And it also makes them look like the ringleader of those people. Yes. Those people aren't going to like either. Yeah. They're going to be like, you're the leader. I'm the leader. Can't do that with a bunch of type A's. Yeah, exactly. The, the secret ingredient to survivor type A personalities. James is like, I'm just going to chill. That was my thing. And I like that, like, especially early on and especially like someone who maybe is perceived as a threat or perceived as someone dangerous. If you can just take naps and chill and stuff, then everybody kind of lets you be. And uh, so I like James. Like, yeah, I'm just chill like the way I always am. Well, it's smart, too, because nobody knows until that first tribal council where the lines are kind of drawn. Right. And so, yeah, like I said, Lindsay should have just chilled. Well, and who's the first to go on a tribe? Usually it's the most annoying or the least helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And she, wow. She did not look at anybody. She did not say anything to anybody. She left with, she was very obviously upset. Yeah. Did you like uh, Cassidy's, uh, I wish it wasn't you? (laughs) No, I didn't hear her say that. As she's like, as she's getting voted out, she picks up her torch and Cassidy looks around. Almost, that's almost as bad as coach hugging people as he votes them out, where nobody wants to be touched by the person who just voted them out. But Cassidy going and being like, I wish it wasn't you. And Lindsay doing everything she could to not punch uh, Cassidy in that moment. 
Uh, but she totally stonewalled her, got out of there, didn't say anything. And I think up to this point, most of the vote outs have been like pretty friendly. They've been like, good luck, guys. You really got me. I and love you guys. I love you guys no matter what. I hope one of you wins it, win, win it for us. Lindsay, I like that. I like that she was like, nah, you're not getting that from me. And the vote sequence was weird because we have Cassidy first, then a Geo, then a Lindsay. And we know that whoever the next vote is, is going to be gone. It's Lindsay. But where did that extra vote come from for that extra person? There's only six people on the tribe and three people are being voted for. Is that... So Lindsay voted Geo and then Geo voted Cassidy. So Geo was just completely left out of the loop. Good. Good. That's uh, going to make for a good future content for us to watch. Yeah. Going to knock him down at least a couple <laughs> of pegs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, I think we'll know at the in the opening sequence next week uh, how he feels about being left out. Overall, I thought it was a great episode. Probably the best episode of the season so far. I loved it. No, I was just going to say we're getting out of like the, the, the first few episodes of Survivor are always kind of slow. And now we're getting yeah. into like, oh, like I actually know people. This is like, there's more tension. I'm still trying to remember everyone's names. Maybe it's because I'm over 50. I can't remember. Oh, no, you said it, not me. Shots fired, Gabler. Gabler, uh, Jerry's coming for you. I could shoot him because I'm over 50. Oh, one thing real quick here. Gabler, does he have the same exact voice as Nicolas Cage? Oh, what? I don't know, but I'm definitely going to listen. You got to yeah. listen. He has identical tone to Nicolas Cage. Really? Identical. Get out of here. Well, you watch. Okay, I'll, I'll listen to Okay. That. You okay. listen. Yeah. You heard <laughs> it here first. Back. Yes. Please do. Please do. Let's get into your superlatives real quick, Riley. We like to play a game here, Jerry, where we uh, say the things we like and hate most and put everybody on some sort of... Uh, end or another here. All right, we'll start we'll start with uh what's going to be a tough one for this episode, which is what was the best move of the episode? Man, the best move of the episode. This episode didn't really have a lot of good moves. I was impressed by the physicality of the challenges to be honest with you. Like I think they seem mm. to be so physical this season that I have been pretty blown away and I, people have been killing it. Like I Ryan yeah, um, I would have to say when he picked up those blocks and was crawling up the net with the block and then just threw it. So yeah, that was, yeah. My, that was my favorite move of the episode. Okay, <laughs> it was a physical I, one. I think Carla probably just being smart with her words. Like as you're watching her communicate with other people, I think that she's doing a good job at at kind of managing people. And, you know, not putting herself out there anywhere so nobody really knows what's going on versus someone like Gio, who is like pretty much put all his cards on the table before anybody asked him to put any cards on the table. Was this the episode where Carla had to get the beads to make the... That no, was, that was that the was previous last, one. But, but that was your favorite that, moment last episode. Yes. Yes. Because she did it so smartly and so smoothly, like nobody had any idea. Yeah. I, I love her. I was going to say Carla is just general kind of like read on on things is so impressive. I, I, I liked how Gio in one confessional was like, oh, I'm calling the shots. And then two minutes later, Carlo was like, he thinks he's calling the shots. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, wow. 
<laughs> so good. Yeah, and they almost they had a really nice bonding moment there. They were sharing stories about their families and coming out and all of that. Like I thought the two of them yeah. were going to be pretty tight, but he blew any chance of that. Absolutely gone. I was a little bit about Survivor. You get like some weird alliances and, and stuff like people who have things in common maybe don't work together and people who don't have things in common sometimes do all right let's do worst move of the episode this should be an easier one tyson you want to start yeah i think worst moves a uh, move up the episode probably cody the way he handled stealing from the other tribe noel helping baka or just geos they're like at first i was like Cody's move was worse than Geo's because if Geo can still correct a little bit more maybe than Cody, but then Noel was the one who was really helping Baca and that looked bad for her too. But I still think like, I think Cody, because this is a double whammy, he was the one that took the stuff and swindled them and he's also part of the tribe that helped Baca win over Coco. I concur all of the above, 100%. There was a lot, it was a lot of competition this week in this category. I guess like like Cody and like Noel and whoever who made mistakes, like they have chances to to kind of bounce back. Lindsay's paranoia just got her voted off. So I guess that one takes it for me. Now we can do favorite moment of the episode, like the most entertaining. Honestly, I really liked Gabler putting the leaves on people while they were sleeping. <laughs> I was like, hey, that's another insane. one that could have been for worse move too. It could have been but for yes. worse move too, but it was just like so tone deaf, like <laughs> in every, like you don't get much sleep out there. You don't want to be bothered. You're around these people all the time. This person's sleeping. This is like the one respite they get from anything. And then all of a sudden Gabler of all people is the one waking them up by putting scratchy leaves on them. Don't ever wake anyone up. That is yeah. no good. No bueno. <laughs> I agree. How about you, uh, Jerry? What was your favorite moment of the episode? I think I think Cody is always very entertaining overall. Just his general personality. Um, I I'm just I was kind of sad to see that he took it to that level when he stole the stuff. But I just I think his overall personality is incredibly entertaining. Every episode so far, he's been somebody that I've made a mental note of. Like, all right, this guy's gonna probably end up doing something after he gets off Survivor. <laughs> okay, you heard it here first. Future President of the United States, Cody from Survivor. <laughs> tattoo on his butt. I definitely did not say that. Oh, okay. you know what? By the way, I just, it was ironic. I saw a promo on, I think it was Instagram, with uh, Matthew McConaughey from, was it Fast Times at Bridgemont High? Yeah. Where he's he says... Uh, that's L-I-V-I-N. Live it. Is it dazed and confused? Yeah. Yes, yes, dazed yeah, and confused. There we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I wonder that's if that's Cody. where Cody got it from. <laughs> Has to be. Oh, that's yeah. it. Mystery yeah. solved. Yeah, L-I-V-I-N. What about you, Riley? What's your uh, favorite uh, moment? Uh, I liked Jeff just giving it to Dwight at the challenge, telling him how slow yeah. he was or whatever. I love when <laughs> yeah. Jeff still... It, we get it a little less, but I kind of like it when Jeff just sort of yells at somebody. He was moving so slow, too. I love it when Jeff rides on people at the challenges, just like the old days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what did Good he say days. in Tribal Council tonight? He said, uh, why am I always the parent? Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and uh, I'm always I the bad guy. It brought me back to, I think it was, it was Heroes and Villains when we were on 
there was uh, the poles that we were standing on with our toes tucked in really tight. And we were at the very top of the totem pole. Do you remember that yep. challenge? Uh, yeah, it I was, know that challenge. It was my birthday too that day. Um, but Oh, happy I belated birthday. <laughs> I remember Jeff um, being at the bottom of the totem pole and, and I was giving him crap. I forgot what I said to him. He's like, why is everybody so mean to me now? Like, you guys are always coming after me. I said, Jeff, I was like, look at you. Like, well, you're the one who's like now, like this whole new Jeff. Like it was a completely different human being. Um, just like riding us at all the challenges and like, oh, look at Jerry over there and moving a little slow today. <laughs> I'm like, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, didn't someone tonight say, whatever, Jeffrey. Yeah. Yeah, that was Dwight. <laughs> that was Dwight. That's great. <laughs> yeah. That was amazing. Yeah, was I love good. it when people give Jeff crap back. I think it's hilarious. He yeah, needs yes. it. It he keeps does. him humble. Well, I don't know if it, we, I'd go that far as to say it keeps him humble, but he does need it. <laughs> Doesn't keep him humble. Yeah. <laughs> We're still talking about it. We're still laughing about it. We're still intrigued. They're doing something right over there. I mean, yeah. season 43, for God's sakes. When I tell people that, they're like... 43 seasons. This has got to be the longest running show of all time. I don't like, no. I don't know. Is that true? No. No. What else? There's out some there? soap operas that have been running for the Simpsons. Oh. Yeah. Oh, Simpsons. Yeah. It's like General Hospital has been on the air yeah. for like forever. There's a few things. <laughs> soap operas don't count though. That's still <laughs> okay. The price is right. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Count stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But it is amazing that we're all still watching it and still love it and there's still a huge audience for the show like it's just blows me away and i feel truly honored just to be a part of that television history we got two more two more we can go through uh winner picks oh carla 100 me too i'm all over carla i'm switching to carla Wow. Oh. <laughs> that means she's going to be the next person to go home. To oh, no. Tragic. Oh, <laughs> my, Wait, no. Was this because you picked Lindsay at the beginning? No, I didn't really pick Lindsay at the beginning. I forget who I picked. But like the first episode is just like a roll of the dice. But uh, now I'm looking. Yeah, Carla is... James is looking pretty good, too, actually, uh, with his uh, laid-back demeanor. But... Yeah, I think Carla. Uh, all right, so then let's do who's the next person going home. Oh, dear. Mm, Cody. I think I took Ellie last week, and I'm going to do it again, because I think Baca is going to go to Tribal. You, do you think we're going to get what we wanted? Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I mean, Cody's just like, seems like he started to burn some bridges, and they might kind of figure him to be a liability if they like are bothered by his trade or anything like that. Yeah. yeah, I wonder if he ever comes clean. I mean, it's such a big commitment to lie at the beginning of the show. Like the kid that's 19, that's lying that he's 22 as if that's yeah. that Sammy. much of a big difference. Like yeah. seriously, that's, <laughs> I'm like, dude, there's really not that much of a difference between 19 and 22 when you're, you know, in your late 20s, early 30s. <laughs> what do you mean? It's like an over, over 10% increase. <laughs> I just thought that was a really silly lie, but yeah, you know, to a 19 year old, it seems like a big deal. Yeah. 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 22 year olds are old people <laughs> to them. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, okay. Who's going next? Did we all answer that? I don't know what to say. You honestly. just make a guess. You just make yeah, an educated guess. Stuff. Yeah. Just going to roll something. Geo. Geo. Not, not a bad yeah. pick actually. That's pretty smart. 
<laughs> so, okay. Well, Jerry, any closing thoughts before uh, we uh, shut this thing down? No, other than uh, thanks for having me today. Honestly, yeah. it's been fun. It's nice to see you, Tyson. Um, yeah, but I do want to. I want to go offline with you at some point and talk pickleball because um, I haven't played in a while. But I've been watching you, and there's there was a move that you do that I don't understand how it's legal. So I want to know. <laughs> I know what move you're talking about. It's where I jump the kitchen to the outside. So yeah, yeah. As long as your feet aren't in the kitchen boundaries, you can stand out of bounds and hit the ball. That doesn't seem right. It is though. There's, <laughs> it's a loophole. So a loophole. You, I think you're going to change the the rules of pickleball with that one. No, I, I didn't invent it. Oh. I'm watching another. I'm watching pros do it. Pros do wow. it all the time. Anyways, uh, that's another podcast for another time. The pickleball podcast. But uh, Jerry, I want to thank you so much. Always a pleasure catching up with you, Riley. Thank you as well. And to all our listeners, thank you so much for the love and support and for tuning in. And we will be back next week. See ya. See ya.